Hey, you've joined us here on another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created and dedicated to enhancing, connecting and inspiring the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name is Paul Joy and I'm delighted to be your host and each episode I get the privilege of sitting down with another Yog, a Yarra Old Grammarian. We trace back through a little of their journey at school and then we start to explore what's been going on in their life after Yarra and we have some great conversations and today is no exception. Looking forward to and I'm thrilled to be able to present to you the next episode, the next conversation of Inspired by Yarra. I know you're going to enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra, an opportunity for us to sit down with a Yarra old grammarian and find out what they've been up to and uh, explore a little bit of their memories of their time at Yarra. And today we are thrilled to be joined by Charlotte McDonald from the class of 2013. Charlotte, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming along. And I wonder if we could begin with telling us a little bit about who were the type of students, the kids that you hung around with, and how did they impact who you are today? Well, I think I was friends with most of the people in my year level. Um, my year level were really good. We sort of all got along. But um, my closest friends would have been sort of we would have considered ourselves the music and drama crew. So we were involved in all the school productions and music ensembles and whatnot. And um, interesting, I don't do any of that anymore. So... Yeah, it's interesting that I, I don't, I'm not involved in any kind of music or drama anymore, but I, like, I obviously loved it while I was here and it was a great experience. So that seems a reasonable segue to ask, given that a lot of your time was here, music and drama, mm-hmm. performance, mm-hmm. but you're nowhere near that now. What is happening for you right now? What's happened for you recently? Well, um, I was also involved in a lot of sport while I was here. So I was involved in everything while I was here. Um, And I I do do a lot of sport as a hobby. Um, But I have just recently graduated from the Victoria Police Academy um, just two weeks ago. So ought I be saying Constable Charlotte MacDonald? That is correct. Excellent. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. And you'll be out there protecting our community very soon. Yes. So actually I start tomorrow. So uh, I've got seven weeks on the booze bus first. So um, right. good time to do it over Christmas and Busy time New potentially. Year's. Busy and it's nice to do it over summer instead of standing out there in the freezing cold in winter. Okay. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it'll be busy. I'd rather it be busy. So tell us then, for those of our audience who may be intrigued, mm-hmm. what's involved in becoming a constable within the Victorian Police Force? Yeah, so... You have to apply, and uh, for me, it took about eight months. For some people in my squad, it took over two years. So, just to apply just to get to in the program, just to apply and get into the academy. Okay. So the academy's in Glen Waverley, mm-hmm. so not too far. So from that's here. the big one up on the hill. Yeah, big one up on the hill. You can see the um, their beautiful chapel from a mile away. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you've got to apply. You've got to do um, an exam. So after you play, do an exam. Then you do a, a video interview and a bunch of background checks. Then you do a fitness test, psych test. You may need to have a one-on-one with a psychologist. You do a medical, more background checks, panel interview, more background checks. And, and then you go into an, uh, like a list of people and you get ranked and then you get an offer. So that's part of the application that's process. That's just the application process. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So some months ago you applied, you got accepted 
And then you do a how many weeks training? So it's 31 weeks training. Full time? Full time, yeah. So uh, Victoria Police is really great. They pay from day one. I know it's not the same in every state in okay. Australia, but yeah, so get paid from day one. And then what happens at week 12, you get sworn in as a constable. So um, I have to swear it. Because I'm a Christian, I had to swear in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't believe in that, you take an affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get sworn in at week 12. You get a pretty good pay rise <laughs> when that happens. And um, and then you do another, uh, what is it, 20 or so, 19 weeks training before you graduate. And it's called marching out. So. Right. Yes. And do you throw your hat in the air and do all that? No, you don't throw your hat in the No hat throwing. <laughs> right. So And you're out there and so you're on the booze bus? Yes. And what other areas will you experience in the next little while in terms of, I don't know, do you do crowd control, do you do um, traffic control, or have you done all of that already? Yeah, so in the academy you do three placements. So the first placement is um, I was at Springvale Police Station and it's just in the watch house. So you are attending to counter inquiries. So if a member of the public uh, needs to come in because they want to report that uh, their car was stolen or whatnot, they come into the police station to do it, it's that kind of thing. So that's one week. Uh, that's week 13. So that's straight after you're sworn in. Uh, then you do two weeks in the city. So everyone goes into either Melbourne East or Melbourne West Police Station in the city. And that is uh, traffic control, which I had so much fun doing traffic control. I thought it was the best thing ever. Uh, traffic control. Um, and it's proactive policing. So it's a police presence and it's a lots of foot patrols. You do some night shifts uh, in the city on Friday and Saturday night. which Interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a, a police presence and just showing the public that we're there and that we're there to help them. And, you know, it's very interesting because that's actually the first time that you're really out in public in your uniform. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was, I know me and my friends just found it, it was bizarre. It was it was really a special moment. It's something I'll never forget and just you become very aware of what's sitting on your thigh. Okay. <laughs> um, and, yeah, people, like someone came up to me and asked if I knew where the nearest chemist was. And did you? And I didn't, but I Googled it for them. Okay. Um, and, you know, you get tourists. I had a couple of tourists want to take photos and mm. that kind of thing. Um, and so that was the second placement. And you, I did a bit of crowd control there as well. So I was actually at a, uh, an incident at the Melbourne Magistrates Court. Um, some extreme right-wing people and some extreme left-wing people came together and had a bit of a argument. <laughs> and I, I was involved in that and it was on the news. And so that was really interesting. Um and then your third placement is uh, on the van, so on, on the road at back at your station, so it's back at Springvale, and that is uh, responding to triple zero calls. So as opposed to the city placement where it's um, proactive policing, that is reactive policing. Mm-hmm. And do you, I appreciate they're all part of the job. Mm-hmm. Was there one style that suited you better or that you enjoyed more, the proactive versus the response? Yeah, I think I actually really enjoy the proactive policing. I probably um, would be differing from a lot of my peers in that opinion. I really liked my second placement in the city mm. was probably my favourite. Um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to go back there one day in the future, whether that be uh, very soon or mm. in a couple of years' time because in the city there, there is a lot of that a lot of that stuff and I, like, I'm really interested in sort of community engagement and, um, you know, particularly with children and young people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, even just the other day I was uh, with a, a group of friends and she has, this friend of mine has a, um, a babysitter with her and then her two kids. And the babysitter's just a couple of years younger than me, but the babysitter actually made a comment to one of the kids, 
oh, um, you know, Charlotte's a cop, so if you're naughty, we'll send it to her. And I straight away was like, do never say that to her again mm. um, because, like, we want to teach children that if they need help, they can go to the police. Yes. The police are a safe place. And so that's sort of what I'm interested in. So it's not the, not the the authority figure. Mm. It's the helping, serving version of policing that you want to be part of. Yeah. I mean, I really, I did really love the reactive stuff and I went to a lot of really interesting things. Um, a lot of my peers went to some really interesting things from my squad. Um, and I'm, and that's what I will do initially. And, mm. um, but yeah, I obviously am interested in also that sort of proactive police presence. And I do, I, I love kids and they, like when I was in the city, there's a lot of primary school kids at Federation Square mm. and whatnot. And I sort of come up to you and they want to chat. And, yeah, I want to be able to build that relationship and because I think a lot of people have a negative perception of police and mm. if you can eliminate that when they're young. That sounds very cool. So let's let's bring it back to your schooling then mm-hmm. because that's where we do establish a lot of who we are and, and yeah. what we think. And, and I wonder whether you can reflect on your time at Yarra mm-hmm. and, and indeed whether that built for you a foundation of the values and the core principles that you live by and how that may have shaped your who you are now and mm-hmm. maybe even the career that you've chosen to pursue. What was it about Yarra that helped form some of those things? I think at Yarra, like I said um, before, I was involved in a lot and it was the opportunities. And, I mean, one of the reasons I joined the police force, and I, I said this to the acting chief commissioner when he asked me on my graduation day, why did you join the police force? And I said, oh, um, I get bored quite easily and I don't think policing would be a boring job. Um, I joined for a lot of reasons. That's just one of them. But at Yarra, I was never bored. Mm, mm. And so I think that um, that just definitely established in me because there's so much to do. I was always doing something here. I was never, I cannot remember a time in my schooling that I was ever bored. There, there could, however, be some students even today that, that find themselves bored because it's one thing to have opportunities and options available, but then there needs to be a decision by the individual to say, yes, I'm going to grab hold of that. Mm. So what encouragement might you have for our modern current students mm. in terms of the opportunities that are available? Definitely Would- take hold of them. And I like even just um, just before we started recording, you were telling me about a, a new club and things that were not available when I was there that I would have been interested in. And so there's obviously so much available that whatever you're interested in, um, yeah, run with it and get involved. It will be great for you for your future. Mm. Um, obviously, like I, I said, I have a hobby outside of policing, which is um, sport involvement. And I was heavily involved in sport here. And beyond graduating, I coached here for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely there's, there's so many things to do here that I'd encourage you to make the most of it. Like you're here, you've got all these opportunities. Why not sign up? Try get sign into up. it. Yeah, excellent, it. excellent. Um, you had some involvement here in community work and um, serving other people while you were part of the Yarra community, and now indeed your profession is going to be doing more yes. of the same. That uh, is a nice flow on for what hopes and dreams do you have? Is there something that you you know? Do you want to? impact the world is there a particular organization you're supporting is there a, a project that you that fires you up what's what's kind of passion for you right now um at the moment i'm i'm not too sure i'm really i do have a a good friend of mine who i've met through sport but he's also a police officer and he's raising money for um 
it's called Protecting the Protectors and he's raising money for the Blue Ribbon Foundation um, for mental health aware, awareness within Victoria Police um, and that's something that I'm definitely like I definitely support him in that. Um, I'm also, I was previously, I've just uh, recently stopped doing this just because I didn't have the time to contribute to it but I was an ambassador for the Bully Zero Australia Foundation Um very passionate about that. So when I was in primary school, before I came to Yarra, I was bullied in primary school. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, definitely your experiences like carry on and I had a great experience here at Yarra compared to what I what happened in primary school. Um, yeah, experiences carry on and so that's obviously something that I'm passionate about. And interestingly enough, like that does sort of mesh into um, Victoria Police are uh, doing a great job at trying to eliminate that kind of behaviour from the workplace mm. um, and then so um, Glenn, my mate, who is raising, he's almost raised $30,000 for the uh, Blue Ribbon Foundation um, through doing triathlons and running events and stuff. So he, um, yeah, he he's particularly wanting to target post-traumatic stress disorder, um, PTSD, very common amongst the police. Yes, that's right. It, it is a, I guess, a workplace hazard yes. that uh, that police and other emergency services uh, mm-hmm. operators have to contend with. It's interesting, though, the uh, awareness and uh, almost the acceptance of mental health being something that ought to be on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the privilege of speaking with a lot of our student leaders and potential student leaders, uh, particularly at this time of the year, and many of them have talked a lot about their desire to continue to put mental health and caring for one another's health uh, on the agenda as student leaders in the future. So policing are doing it, and, and I think community, have, have we're getting better at accepting that, yes, there are legitimate challenges and problems and we're looking for continuing to look for ways to improve it I definitely it think help. it's a hot topic at the moment. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just like amongst society in general. Yes. I think that um, in the past, particularly in the past like maybe five or so years, we've really been able to talk about it more. Yes. I think that if you go back to when I was young, it was a stigma. Mm. But now people are coming out and talking about what's going on. That's really good. That's good for mental health. We would have to say that that's a, a, a step forward for us as a society. Yes. For sure. Um, it's interesting that you continue to keep talking about and referring to helping others and serving others, whether it's through your sport and passion that you have, and I'd like to talk about that in a moment, but also you mentioned before a little bit about your, your Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, there's a, a phrase that we kick around here at school called the Yarra spirit, mm-hmm. and I wonder if you can try and put what you understand the Yarra spirit mm-hmm. to be into words. I think the Yarra spirit is very positive. It's probably the first word that I think of. It's just a very, um, like, positive, encouraging kind of nature. Um, you know, really interesting. I did a race in Queensland last week and uh, in the you get emailed a PDF guide to the race and in that there was a parent's code of conduct for the sporting environment and, and you sort of think, like, my experiences with sport were very positive and there were never any par- parents here. I feel like they embodied the Yarra spirit because they were positive, whereas uh, you do hear stories of parents on the sidelines sort of 
wanting their children to win and forgetting the real reason why the kids are playing sport in the mm. first place. Mm. You're right. So so we take it for granted that, that people who are part of the Yarra community have the Yarra spirit, which is build each other up mm. and it's a positive uh, spirit, mm-hmm. whereas the wider community perhaps needs reminders of, of perhaps what we're there for in terms of supporting our kids mm-hmm. uh, and in their involvement. So, therefore, you've talked about sport. What is it? What is this sport that you're doing? And tell us a little of, uh, of your, perhaps your success in the sport. Yeah, so I do triathlon. Mm-hmm. I did triathlon when I was in um, sort of year five, six, seven and eight. So, triathlon is? Swim, bike, run. Okay. So, you've got to swim and you ride your bike and you run. Yes. All in one event. Yes. Okay. What sort of distances are you so, talking? So, um, my main distance at the moment would be uh, what is called the standard distance, which is a one and a half kilometre swim, 40k ride, 10k run. I also do a sprint distance, which is exactly half of that. So that's um, more common as far as events being run, more sprint distance events. And I have done one uh, 70.3, which is 70.3 miles, um, but that's a 1.9 kilometre swim, a 90 kilometre ride and a 21 kilometre run. So it's a half Ironman. So an Ironman will be double that and that's a... Far future goal. <laughs> so that's something that you're aspiring oh, one to? One day when I'm a bit older. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a lot of training to do an Ironman. But, yes. um, so I've done the one. I actually did my so I did my first half Ironman in April. It's actually the week between weeks one and two at the academy. So I did it the right. Sunday after I started. And on Monday uh, morning I had to do my fitness test, the beep test Ooh. at the academy. So Ooh. that was um, Ouch. painful. <laughs> Yeah, very painful. For sure. So, and and by the sounds of it, you travel a little bit in order to compete in these uh, triathlons. Yeah. So last year, um, I was privileged. Uh, It was an honour. I got to represent Australia in my age category. So 20 to 24 females at the age group world championships, which was in Mexico. Um, So there were 11 Australians in my category and about maybe 60 from all around the world. Um, and yes, I got to go to Mexico, so that was really exciting. I uh, this year it was in Rotterdam. Unfortunately, because I was in the academy, I wasn't able to go, um, and that's sort of one of the reasons why I needed a different goal. So that's why I did a half Ironman. Um, mm-hmm. But I am in the process of trying to qualify for next year, which is in the Gold Coast. Um, so a bit more competitive because more people want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just been recently been to Canberra and to the Sunshine Coast to do qualifying races. Okay. And when you say a bit more competitive within Australia? Yeah, because... Because it's on home soil. Because it's on home soil. Um, it's, it is quite expensive to go. There's no, um, there's no money in it. Um, mm. So Mexico costs me a lot of money. And, um, and because it's on home soil, it's so much cheaper for mm. the Australians to go. And it's a, it's a great opportunity. It's easy. It's easy to get less time off work and whatnot. Um, it's a great opportunity for Australians to be able to represent the country so more age groupers are vying to qualify Mm. so um you've got to put a little bit more sort of i suppose effort and training in and it's a little bit of a a strategical thing as well because there's a point system and you score points from different races Mm -hmm. depending on what you come yeah and because i'm in a smaller age category um so it's really like if you're a 30 to 35 year old man very competitive extremely competitive because that's when you're at your peak yeah well i mean the the Sport of triathlon is bigger amongst men. Yep. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, growing amongst women, but also it's a very expensive sport. Mm-hmm. So you find that a lot that 
there's more older people doing it who are a bit more established and can afford it, whereas the younger mm. people, it's, it's extremely expensive. So um, all the equipment, race entries, and, mm. yeah, the travel. So travelling around, trying to um, sort of stay at friends' houses and yeah. whatnot. And so you've represented Australia mm-hmm. in the sport of triathlon. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Of those three, you've got to do a swim, a ride, and a run. Do you have a strength? No. <laughs> no, so the, the goal is to train in all of those areas. Yeah, I mean, like I, I sort of had, I suppose, more of a swimming and running background and I was a pretty weak cyclist. Um, I got a coach in November 2000 and so I picked the sport back up in about February 2015 and about November 2015 I got a coach about two years ago and um, he put me on my bike uh-huh. <laughs> and I for the the first couple of weeks of uh, him being my coach, we I just rode. I didn't swim. I didn't run. I just rode, and I improved. Like I took half an hour off my Olympic distance time. Yeah. Um. So sorry, standard distance. It's the same. So Olympic so you're just just grinding away on the bike to improve yeah. that that so, particular component. So it's interesting. Like I I wouldn't really say that. I'd say that I've failed at the moment. I have um slacked off a bit in academy. So what since mm-hmm. doing the half Ironman. I really focused on academy. There's lots of exams, lots of extra work outside of work time. So um, I've kind of not – triathlon hasn't had a – And when you say academy, you mean the police, police academy. academy? Yes. Yep, the yeah. training for that, yes, yes. Yeah, so – So it seems to me that you perhaps are quite goal-driven. Yes. So tell me a little bit about goal setting and, and how you go about that and, and why you think it works for you. If I don't have a goal, I, I just have no motivation and I don't – I just – sit on my butt and don't do anything to be honest and so is your goal is do you have a weekly goal or do you have a a a goal of a particular event or a distance or a time or an amount of money or a number of friends or a you know what sorts of goals can you let us know a goal that you're working on at the moment well so the goal at the moment is to qualify for gold coast okay so once i qualify then it'll be to save and get myself to the Gold Coast, which yes. shouldn't be too bad. So in order to qualify, you know the numbers around that, you know the specifics of, of what it's going to take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a different dynamic to what I needed to do to qualify for Mexico because there's m- more people attempting to qualify. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, different dynamic, but I think I'll be okay. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. right. And so do you, are you ticking things off daily? Like do you have do you break your goals down into, right, what do I have to do today in order to get to that, meet yeah, that goal? Yeah, so um, my coach, I'm actually um, this afternoon I'm meeting with my new coach who's actually a parent of uh, ex-Yarra students as well. Um, so I'm meeting with him this afternoon. Uh, unfortunately, my, my coach passed away a couple of months ago. So, um, But when I was with, his name was Ryan, and when I was with him, he... Like we'd have a, an app called Training Peaks and uh, it'll work a similar way with uh, Andre. So this app, um, he'd say, this is the swim set that you have to do, um, blah, 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 blah. And then I'd give, I'd tick it off and give him feedback about how I went or did I change anything. And then it'd be, you know, I want you to run 10Ks at this pace and you tick it off. So, yeah, there's smaller goals mm. um, amongst that. And then, yeah, r- local races can be sort of the, the medium goals towards the big thing is to get – get to world so when i went to mexico that's sort of how it was working and i i spent a month in townsville in uh, northern queensland before i went to mexico did two races in townsville and uh yeah so they were kind of just see where you're at races um Mm -hmm. 
and compared to the rest of the field and yes yes and because race day is quite a different phenomenon than just going out and doing your training yes and i like i i get a real high off racing like a a buzz i I love it the atmosphere out of triathlon is amazing if you've never been just go down go to a big one like an iron man or something there um incredible atmospheres Mm. um so i get a real buzz off racing so even just like i said at while i was in the police academy i didn't train very all, all that much because my priority was focused on getting through academy and my goal my main goal at the time in the front of my mind was graduate on november 9 because mm-hmm. things can happen um if you if you fail assessments uh you get uh, reverted so you go back a, squ- a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. and um if you get injured you get reverted and you go back a couple of weeks so yes. if you miss days because you run well depending on what days they are so that goal was the the priority. So is it, do you say a 31-week yeah. program and that's if everything goes well? Yes. And you did it in 31 weeks? 31 weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. That's yeah, very it's, impressive. It's, um, you know, like it's really unfortunate when someone has to get reverted. We had, um, yeah, one guy who failed uh, assessment. So you, when you fail an assessment, you get another opportunity and then mm-hmm. if you fail it the second time, then you get reverted. Yes. And he, yeah, he unfortunately failed an assessment just before we got sworn in. Oh, so, so close. Yeah, and um, the squad behind us is four weeks behind us, not two weeks behind us. Okay. So he had to go back four weeks. Right. So he hasn't yet? So he will graduate in a couple of weeks. Okay, yeah. yes. Um, yes. And then we've had other people who came, the same thing happened to them, they came into our squad. I see. So that they failed assessments. Um, I, we had one that did fail an assessment, came into our squad, and another, another very good friend of mine who she injured herself. Yes. Missed something important. And so therefore had to come back yeah. and, and back in the end graduated with you. Yes. That's cool. So it took her 33 weeks. I see. Yes, <laughs> yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. Um, in your time here at Yarra, um, you would be familiar with our motto, our school motto, Lavavi Oculus. Lift up your eyes. To lift up my eyes. What does that idea, what does that concept mean to you? I think it's really interesting in the police academy, they uh, talk a lot, a lot about not getting tunnel vision. Um, very easy um, when the adrenaline's pumping if you're in a situation to get tunnel vision. And um, I suppose you can sort of relate that, um, lift up my eyes and just look around and see, hang on, what is the bigger picture here? What's going on? Um, because as a police officer, you don't always know, like you don't, you may not know all the facts yet. And if you're sort of tunnel visioning is this is what's happening, but hang on, just take a step back, see the bigger picture and... Uh, so keep it broad. Yeah. Keep your perspective broad. Yes. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. There's no doubt, and you talk about the bigger picture there, school does have an influence on our character and our values mm-hmm. and, and who we become. I wonder if you can describe the, the bigger picture of Yarra and your experience of Yarra and how that perhaps has contributed to the person who you are now. Yeah, I think um, I think yeah, like Yara, you were just just mentioning values, like the values of the school. Um, I had such a great experience here. The teachers were amazing. Um, I felt like there was a mutual respect between the teachers and the students. And um, yeah, as a as a broader community, I think that we we help each other out and um, we support each other. And that's that's definitely been something that I've sort of carried with me. And yeah, it's interesting to reflect on because you don't think about that consciously until you're asked I suppose but definitely like I you know trying to respect my peers and you know at the academy Victoria Police value one of them is respect 
and mm. one of them support. So those kind of things that, yeah, like the values that the, the school shows and like sort of implicitly just brings in to your life because obviously when you're in school, you're, well, my whole life was school when I was in school, um, which was great because ev- everything I did was here and I lived across the road and it was wonderful. But um, and, and those things become foundational to your character. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, I, I definitely, you know, it's interesting when I have children, I want to send them to a school like Yarra. Mm. I'd love to send them here if I live in the area. Um, I definitely want to send them to a private school because, like, I believe that it's not just an educational thing and an extracurricular thing. It's just the um, the way that people interact with each other is just on another level compared to, you know, some of my friends who do come from public schools. Mm. There are some great public schools out there that, um, you know, they've maybe not had such great experiences in the community and I think that, yeah, and there is also a community. It's not just you're coming to school and then you leave. Like I'm still friends with a lot of people from Yarra. Um, you know, I I bumped into someone from my year level in Canberra, of all places. <laughs> um, you say hi. and It's clear that you loved your time here at school from the class of 2013 and since then, since leaving Yarra, you have still stayed in touch and, you, in fact, you've been contributing to the community. What have you been doing up until now? I know recently you haven't been able to continue on a sporting front. Yeah, so um, I... When I was in year 12, a couple of us, the sports department actually put us through a softball coaching course, um, which was really, really awesome. A, definitely a great opportunity. And so straight after year 12, I started coaching softball. Um, and I sort of ended up with the same group of girls for three and a bit years. And um, unfortunately, when I got into the police force, um, you're not allowed to have second jobs while you're in the academy. And um, yeah, I had to give that up. No, I, was, I was very... I was. Didn't miss my Vodafone job, which is what I did before and was happy to hand that one over but was disappointed. I loved coaching softball. Yes. Um, it was great to still be able to come here and, you know, see the staff. And just before I arrived today, I went over to the music department and said hi because mm. staff over there are great. And, and that's the reality of life, isn't it? We have to make choices and mm. decisions sometimes and, and, and saying yes to some things means you have to say no to oh, others. And I, I don't regret it at all because um, I'm very happy with ha- my choice to be a police officer and... I'm joining Victoria Police. I'm so excited to start work tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, it was disappointing because I did really enjoy that, keeping mm. that connection with the school. So I hope I can man- maintain it in other ways, and I'm sure I can. Mm. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I wonder if you can think back to what inspired you at Yarra. This podcast is called Inspired by Yarra. Mm-hmm. So I wonder as we begin to head towards the end of our time together, what inspired you at Yarra? It's really interesting. I feel like I had a, a very slow turning point. So when I initially, when I was young, sort of year seven, year eight, even year nine, I wanted to be a doctor. So my inspiration at Yarra was sort of the education and wanting to get good grades because to get it into medicine, you need to have a very good ATAR. And that was sort of, I suppose, what was inspiring me at the time and then very slowly... <laughs> Through year 10, 11 and 12, one by one, I dropped each of the science subjects. So I was doing, uh, I dropped physics pretty quickly, but um, I did a semester of biology in year 11, one unit, and then I dropped it. And then I dro- actually dropped chemistry halfway through term one in year 12. Um, and it was this realisation that actually I don't want to do medicine and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do 
I don't know, I suppose my inspiration came from, um, yeah, my friends, just being like in a positive environment, being able to participate in things like music and drama. Um, I was even just before year 12 exams, I was involved in um, the middle school production of The Wizard of Oz. So I was helping out backstage there and like that and those young people inspire me. And, you know, it was actually those girls that were in Wizard of Oz and they were in Oliver two years before that when I was in year 10 that were in my softball team. <laughs> that, so I ended up being with the same group. It was really interesting, you know, to be with them from for essentially six years because I was sort of mentoring them through Oliver and drama as when they were in middle school and then when they got to the senior school and I was out of school and I was coaching mm. these, this, these same group of girls. So, yeah, I think that my inspiration just came from that very, like, internally just um, – wanted to get through, I still wanted to do as best as I could. I think that I did quite well as far as like an ATAR score goes. Um, I was very I was very pleased with myself. I think I didn't put any pressure on myself because I knew I didn't need an ATAR. And that was just a personal thing. It's, it's obviously going to be different for everyone because if you do want to get into medicine, mm. you do, obviously, there is that extra pressure. But because I didn't have that at all, I was very relaxed during VC exams. And, and that might have helped. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think it did for me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. that's good. And it's a good qualifier that that's how it worked well for you. Mm-hmm. Um, other people, they they thrive on the pressure. They, mm-hmm. they you know, they look for that and that, that specific goal that they're aiming for, a yeah. number that they might be aiming for, that is their way. Mm-hmm. As we um, begin to wrap up, I wonder whether you might just comment on What's going really well for you at the moment? What's something that's uh, a little success story? Uh, you've got a 30-second window of bragging rights. You mentioned earlier you, you're about to begin on the beat in the police force. You, that's something I would dip my hat to. Um, maybe there's something else that's happening for you that uh, you're pretty excited about. You're going to start with a new coach soon or got a new car or got an idea for (laughs) something on the side or a new organization you're going to launch or um well as part of my triathlon I have developed quite the base of Instagram followers Mm -hmm. so um I have almost 20,000 Instagram followers and um my Instagram's just triathlon actually just recently made a private one because I want to be able to post photos of my dog and other things. But all my followers are triathletes from all around the world. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm i pretty blessed that I'm able to get discounts on certain things in triathlon. Like I, um, I'm spot, I've got a bike sponsor, which is awesome. Um, I've been able to get, you know, some sometimes brands will contact me and say, oh, you know, promote this promote or talk this, about then that. Then we'll give it to you for free and okay. then we'll pay you a little bit of money. So that's that's really it's cool it's uh, it's exciting it's not something that I ever thought I would sort of get involved in mm. when I was younger but um just sort of organically and naturally mm. um and I really enjoy the social media and I enjoy that um sort of that part it's another thing that I'd be interested in doing with police is social media sure but um yeah I, I enjoy it so the final question then is clearly you are a person of influence uh, both as a coach, and you've been doing that, and a, a mentor along the way, and now a person who is really built to serve the community and influence the community. I wonder what would be, whether you call it a legacy, something that you would want to leave as when people reflect on you and your contribution. I wonder what are some key things that you would want people to think of or to acknowledge as your legacy in the world. 
I'd hope that people will remember me as a happy person who just made the most of everything. Um, like, you know, with tri- I'm not the best athlete, but I have a smile on my face and I, uh, I give it what I can. And, yeah, it hasn't been a priority in academy, but, um, yeah, I hope that people can remember that I, I gave it gave it everything and um, did it with a smile on my face. So I was a positive person and uh, looked at the bigger picture. Well, you've certainly uh, brought a smile to my face and to those who are listening. So thank you for your contribution. Thank, thank you, you for, very much for having me. sharing some of your stories and your experiences on the way that you have been inspired by Yarra. And uh, Charlotte McDonald from the class of 2013, you have certainly had an impact and I'm confident will continue to impact the world for good in the days to come. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And that is all for now. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope that you found this conversation interesting along with many others and many more to come it's a thrill to continue to produce these podcasts for you to help build the connection between Yarra Ogramarians with one another and indeed with our current Yarra Valley Grammar community Uh, those who are currently staff students parents of this great school if you in fact have got contact with or would like to hear one of your old classmates here as a featured guest on this uh, podcast and we'd love you to let us know and you can contact us via the community section uh, within the yvg.vic.edu.au website. Of course, if you go in there, you'll see more information about this podcast and and each episode has its own unique set of show notes that we've uh, drawn up and written up. If you want to know more information about today's guest, you can head on over there to the website and find out a little bit more. Also links there for great ways that you can stay in touch with the YOG community. I hope you will enjoy uh, sitting down with us again next episode where we'll get the opportunity to meet with another YOG community member. My name is Paul Joy and it's been a delight to spend this time with you. Thanks for tuning in. Share it, like it, continue to uh, subscribe to this podcast and we hope that uh, it continues to inspire you to make a positive impact in the world around you.